The Total Financial Hour is brought to you by Total Financial Solutions. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now higher income strategy, learn from Arif Halabi. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now Arif has a plan for Talk about your family's finances. Of course, getting out of debt. Managing money, planning for retirement. And a big part of this is to say your family might have an echo. So how do we figure out when you're hearing things three, four, five different ways? And people are telling you stories. And the stories are based on their experiences. This is what I should do. This is what you should do. This is what I did. And you say, okay, well, when I take Social Security out, When I decide to turn on that, it has to be right for you. You're going to get 10 different opinions from five different people because they'll all change your mind at least once. (laughs) You know, you'll sit there and say, wait a second. What? Uh, Joe says to take it out right away. Mary says, never touch it. So what is the right answer? Big part of it is how does your family need uh, and spend money? A big part of it is you got to decide when you're going to die, ready? <laughs> so for a lot of us, that, that delay, that echo of time has to come from somewhere, and it needs to come from you sitting down and looking at your family's finances. All right, so here's a couple of things. Number one, when you're a retiree and you're sitting down and saying, I should turn on my Social Security, remember this. You may end up paying taxes on that money and, and didn't expect to. There's four ways retirees are botching their Social Security benefits. Number one, you are going to have more life benefits, lifetime benefits, if you wait longer. Here's a good example. You'll have something called a full retirement age. You can start Social Security at 62 years old when you do. If you're still working, for every $2 you earn above, it's about 17000 for every $2 you earn above that, you're going to have to pay back $1. Down to a limit where Social Security eventually is just going to be holding the rest of the money. So, so you might say, you know, it's not worth it for me to turn it on. The longer you wait, the longer you wait, the longer you wait, the higher it's going to go. About 8% per year. Now, if you're still working, remember, Social Security is going to have an increase along the way as well. Not very much. Not very much, but it'll be something. So consider this. When you fail to understand when to file for your benefits you're going to realize that, number one, but stop it just before. You could say, no, don't take it. Just before you say, turn on my check, you can cancel it. Right? Things change. So two or three months ahead of time, you can turn on Social Security. You need to do it at least a month in advance. So somewhere between a month and three months. All right. That means if you're turning 66 on October 1st, you you want to receive your first check, you can file benefits July 1st, right? July 1st, you can go out and, and do uh, make some changes. But what if something occurs halfway uh, between them? You can say, you know what? No problem. I can stop. Here's another thing. Remember, you are going to pay or could be end up, end up paying taxes on this. And that's a big deal because if your family is in a position to where you don't or can't afford to pay taxes on Social Security, 
then decide to wait. And it doesn't change. Just because you hit age 65, 66, 71, 72, I've heard every number under the sun. It doesn't matter. You still end up paying taxes on this if you fit within the formula. Check with your CPA, your tax preparer, and say, if I were to take Social Security, would it be subject to income tax? Because one of the expenses people forget when you retire is taxes. You're going to end up paying tax on money, especially if you stay in California. Look, for a lot of us, we've told you, vote to get out these clowns that are, there's a one political party. You know, I was recently in a... Um, uh, text discussion with somebody running for one of the state offices. And his exact words were, uh, you know, this partisan Hatfield and McCoy story of uh, us versus them. You know, that's the problem with California is everybody has a political. So I am I don't have a political name. Well, that's nice. You go in the middle of battle. You stand there and say, I am not going to shoot. OK, well, you're right. And, you know, you're dead. So it's okay if everybody agrees to disarm or if everybody agrees to cease fire. But in this world, there is one political party. They no longer need you. Need you. The Democrat Party controls the state. You understand that? From nearly every political uh, position from the top down. And the last election, when the state overturned numerous incumbents, numerous, some Democrat, some Republican, mostly Democrat, and there was this wave of state houses governorships that were changing and the incumbents people that held the office were out except for one state every incumbent that ran in the state of california was reelected. i don't know of one that wasn't so when you think that california is going in an opposite direction they really are it isn't a uh, a guess or a thought this is stuff that we've been talking about in our financial radio shows for tw- probably 10, 12 years, that the trend is people want to take your money. Now, remember this. When you rob Peter to pay Paul, <clears throat> you'll always have Paul's support. Paul will think it's a great idea. I think we should give health insurance to everybody. Well, you and I and others that are, are paying more money go, no, no, I don't think that. Uh, I think you should you know, allow people to, to get medical treatment. That's fine. But we already had the system, county hospitals. We already had the system, Medi-Cal. We already had the system, except for what? Doctors. All right, so you just create urgent cares on every corner. You have a nurse practitioner. You Maybe you have a physician supervised. And you have a bunch of medical students, third-year medical students. This is part of their rotation. And these are clinics around the city, around the country, around the state. There's one every mile, every two miles, and it's an urgent care run by the state. You know, $1,400 a month rent, $2,000 a month rent. That's what it costs in these little corner. Uh, you know, there's a nail salon, a liquor store. Uh, remember the old yogurt shop? And poof, there's an urgent care. And that's it. If you're sick, that's where you go. That's your doctor. That's your primary care physician. And there were Republican legislators that proposed this. And the Obama administration said no, because it would have decentralized power. It would have transferred the power from the federal government down to the state and, more importantly, the county level. Because you understand, you see your county supervisors, or at least you can, a lot more frequently than the bureaucrats that live in D.C. or Virginia. They're they're just, you're never going to, there's zero accountability. 
they live in this bubble where they just think they're good and and everybody tells each other you're awesome no you're awesome i love you no i love you more you're the best oh thank you let's pass another bill because the world was just sitting around waiting you know my son was uh filling out my son is 18 years old this year filling out his ballot uh, voting absentee because he's going to be traveling this summer uh, summer camp so he said, Dad, what are some of the rules of thumb? I said, are you walking around right now saying, I wish they would, you know, water is so dirty. The air is polluted. Children are being left on the side of the street. Is there anything that's like, oh, my gosh, we have to make a change? He said, no. I said, then vote no on all the propositions. Right now, you cannot trust any propositions that come out of Sacramento. Oh, we think we should raise money to fill potholes. Lie. Nice try. You already have the money. What have you been doing with all the money? We think we deserve to build bridges. Really? What have you been doing with all the money that we had to build bridges when the last time you told us we needed to build bridges? <clears throat> oh, we need the money to... Uh, you've already done it. It's for the children. That's the lotto. It's for the children. And then you stole the money from the education funding, replaced it with lotto, so you had a net gain of zero, and you took that other money, damn politicians or Republicans that pretended to be Republicans that were Dem. Listen, I don't care. Be a fiscally conservative Democrat, I love you. Be a fiscally conservative Republican, love you. How is this going to affect your retirement? Don't forget about your income being taxed. There are going to be more of you. There's 10,000 of you guys a day that turn 62 years old. Now, during the last recession, because we began in about 2006 or so, where 62, uh, or 10,000 people a day were turning 60, 62, and were eligible for Social Security. And when you tried to find a job for a year or two and you couldn't, the last recession, people just said, all right, never mind, I guess I'll turn on Social Security early. And when you did that, Social Security stood back and said, whoa, 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 these numbers, we weren't expecting this. We expected a certain percentage to not turn it on until 65, 66, 67, even 70. And those folks turned it on early. So the pressure in Social Security was a lot worse than they thought. Well, the opposite is occurring today. We have clients that are 64, 5, 6 that said, Eric, I planned on retiring, but you know what? I'm making pretty good money right now. I'm pretty healthy. I like my job. I'm just going to wait. You know, I, I can retire at any day now, any minute, any, any month. But for the time being, I, I think I'm pretty happy. And some of you are so kind, you guys. Let me, uh, sent me messages and were kind enough to talk to me uh, in person. Many of you came into my office. Uh, we had a wonderful event with Larry Elder this last week. If you missed it and you wanted to attend, let me tell you, next time we have it, be one of the first to sign up. We expect to do something again. Maybe we'll do it with Dennis where he'll pop in, maybe Larry. Uh, we, we do a little seminar. We have some food. It's kind of fun. It's fun, kind of fun. We do maybe four or five of these a year. Uh, that's at least what our plan is. But many of you came up to me and said how, and were very kind uh, about my mother being on Mother's Day show. Let me tell you, she was a little nervous, but what a trooper. She did great. She settled in, and it was nice to hear from her, from a perspective of a Michigan farm girl who felt the only opportunity she could have for her future was to come out to California. And now a lot of people that are here, that generation that retire, think the only chance to have an opportunity to live is to leave California. Do you not understand how wacky that is? 
this younger generation that that you know doesn't shave or brush their hair that runs and, and I'm talking men and women <laughs> and they 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 live at a Starbucks and they think because they they bought a two dollar cup of coffee that that's going to pay the electric bill and the twenty seven dollar an hour minimum wage at Starbucks paying whatever the story is and that a business is supposed to thrive really really what are you going to do when you came to California and that was part of your dream and the state the state uh, candidates nobody's even mad nobody's even caring I, I told you I engaged with this gentleman I don't even think he knew the numbers he sounds like a great guy he's a friend of a uh, my cousin okay that's great but I said 360 people a day leave California. That's the statistics number one. And they are not poor people. You guys, who are they that leave? Middle class and upper middle class because they can afford to leave. They sell their home for 800000 They buy one for two fifty. Have money left over. They have a pension that they're not going to spend tax dollars here in California. Uh, you know what? I think what we need to do is do, is make a TV commercial. That's what we have to do. We'll do a TV commercial, and we'll put green and blue and yellow blocks, and we'll put them in a bucket. We'll say, when the blocks are in this side of the square, life is good, but then they get moved. Do you see, people? There are no blocks left in this part of the square. So what happens if the politicians come and say, give me a block? And you say, sorry, there aren't any. Do, I, do we need to keep it that simple because you failed eighth grade math? And I'm talking to the politicians. Or are you that determined or blinded by your ideology that you think that because you're so passionate and these high school kids walked out and they held signs and they were so passionate that math doesn't apply? Does anybody care? I guess so. You stick your head up and what do you get? Well, in the eighth grade, this guy used marijuana. When he was 22, he cheated on his wife. When he was uh, 94, you know, in 1994, he, come on, really? You know those people aren't going to run for office. And raise your hand, even if you're driving, raise your hand if you thought President Trump had not had an affair or chased women, you know, before he was a president. Right? Why, why do I say even when you're driving? Because none of you would be shocked. We knew that. And then the Democrats who failed the last moral obligation uh, quiz called President Clinton decided that, oh, you know what? Now it matters. Now that didn't work. So now what are they trying? Right? <laughs> Stormy. <laughs> I love it. Really? Here's another challenge, folks, when you retire. One of the biggest mistakes for Social Security you do not ever go back to your full benefit. Here's a good example. You start taking it at 62. When you hit 65 or 66 or 67, your full retirement age, you don't receive an extra bump up in benefits. You've locked it in. Now, here's a good thing. You can turn on your benefits. And if six months or a year later, you say, you know what? Uh, the employment world is back. Some of you may have retired eight months ago and you realize that you might still be able to go back and get a job or you're being offered a job and you are being uh, taxed on Social Security. It's such a small number. You don't really need it because you have an amazing new position. You can stop your Social Security 
pay back the money. You have 12 months to do this. You can't do it before tw- uh, after 12 months. You turn on your benefit. After 12 months, you're stuck. Nope. Send in the money back. And you can do the King's X. That's okay. All good. Cancel. And then now you wait another year or two. And now you receive the new benefits because you've paid it back. But you can only do that for the first 12 months. That's a very exciting thing for some of you that are going back to work. Today's jobless claims are, are the lowest ever. Unemployment, the lowest ever. African-American employment, lowest ever. So many of you are saying, listen, I'm going to go back to work. Now is a chance for me to make money. As long as it's within 12 months, you can cancel Social Security, give the money back, and have a good time. Okay, then turn it on. Now, you can only do that once. Don't do that again and again. You can't go back and forward. Once you do it, you can't do it again. All right, that's important to know. And when you reapply at the future uh, date, you can actually get the higher benefits. Okay, here's um, something else. Because you're allowed that one do-over, don't expect yourself to be in a position, financially speaking, to where you think Social Security, the math, the formula, is going to increase that much more. What I mean by this is simple. When you are in a position, you said, oh, but I continue to work. I'm still working. I'm still working. Because Social Security takes 35 years, it's an average of 35 years, they do something very important. That 35-year period of time, every year that you work, oh, I'm making 100000 a year. That's fine. Just know that's 135th of a difference in the formula. And then the last 10 years have a different form. Don't, it's not going to change the amount that much. Time will. An extra year, two, three, that makes all the difference in the world. Okay, so part of your, your formula here is what I call practicing for retirement. So what do I mean by that? Pretend. Let's play pretend. Let's pretend that you're going to retire and you can see how you can financially live. When you do the math, you go through and say, okay, how much am I spending towards my food, shelter, clothing? If you're going to stay in California, remember for a lot of us, you're never going to pay off your home. Your home mortgage is part of your retirement plan uh, budget. You have to budget for it. If you're going to leave California or certainly the coastal areas, then you might be in a good spot to say, I'm going to pay off my home altogether, which might mean you can retire earlier. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing. They're, they're, uh, you might have heard me say this before. A friend of ours and a client moved to Lake Havasu. And he said, well, you know, a lot of the, this is a recent conversation. He said, a lot of the snowbirds are leaving. I said, oh, that's great. He said, uh, yeah, boy, this city goes to sleep, you know. I said, what about you guys? You live there full time. He said, well, we're called a spring, uh, a summer chicken. <laughs> Snowbirds and summer chicken. I go, what does that mean? He goes, summer chickens are people that live here all year long, and then they leave during the summer. Snowbirds live somewhere else during the summer, but they come here during the winter. That's what he said about Lake Havasu. So as a summer chicken, they rent a condo out in Lake Tahoe. He said, this year we might go down to, uh, we might go up to Oregon, up in the mountains above Oregon. They stay there for about three months. But the new house that they have in Lake Havasu, the price of gas, the cost of living, you know, registration of a car, 
It's two years in some some of these states. You know that it's like sixty dollars for two years. <laughs> what? California, it's six hundred dollars every year. So he said, "Yeah, we just go up to Oregon, or we might come down to California, or we might go over to Lake Tahoe. We'll live in the mountains. Let the heat pass." At the end of September, we'll go back. So that's a good option for a lot of you where you can have one house in California or two houses in different places of the country and still have money left over, a summer and a winter, right? When I say practice for retirement, you do the math. Add up Social Security, any rental property income. Add up your pension, monthly retirement account withdrawal amounts. I'd like you to stay at the 45 5%. You know, they started, when I started doing this, it was, as long as you withdraw 6%, you're going to be fine. And then it went down to 5%. And then 4 and, and now my friends in the brokerage world expect about 6 7 8% average return for the foreseeable future. And they say, listen, don't withdraw any more than 4 I saw a big brokerage firm, one of the two named, right, two names. <laughs> and what did they say? Oh, 3.5%. Really, buddy? Why don't I just pay you? You mean to tell me I'm paying you a fee, you're managing my money, we're going to get into the fees a little bit later, you're managing, and I can't even afford to withdraw 4% or 4.5% of my balance? Why is that okay? Listen, Total Financial Solutions, our job is to help you get guaranteed, strategic, conservative sources of income. Simple. We use products, we use services that have it built in. You transfer the risk. You want the risk? You want to bear all the risk? Great, you can do that. But only with some or part of your money. You want a guarantee? You want a floor? You want a, a bottom? Because you know eventually the market's going to drop, and you know the, the real estate market is going to drop. It always does. It's a cycle. They call it make hay while the sun shines. So move some of your money to safety. I think there's enough risk out there. I think enough of you are scared. It's not, a, it's not just a fear thing. It's a healthy respect. Because all it takes is one day in the market last week, whether it's the trade war. And when you look at the trade war, you look at what's going on in the market, you say, listen, I'm one of those retirees that gave back my Social Security three months ago. Now what do I do? And now you're sitting there and working for a job. You know you have a backup plan. What's the backup? Guaranteed income, that's what we can do for you. Transfer the risk from you to the insurance company from you who's the best manager of risk lehman brothers merrill lynch right merrill lynch went went so far low that bank of america had to buy him charles schwab well, i don't know fidel pimco well no pimco got bought by an insurance company called allianz huh so insurance companies and banks bought up a lot of the high risk. Why? Because they don't know how to manage risk. That's not their job. If you're, if you, the problem in retirement for you is not growing your money. That was the pre-retirement problem. The solution today when you are retired and, and planning to retire is managing the risk of losing your money. Who are the masters of managing risk? insurance companies guys when you're playing the game of growth then you let the market play that game you go out and you have that risk you go out and take those chances because your food shelter clothing comes from your job 
that does not come from your retirement account. When your food, shelter, clothing comes from your job, the risk for your retirement can be a little bit higher. In fact, the risk for your income goes to your employer, right? You're the, the manager, the CEO, the supervisors, the sales team. When you are an employee or you're working somewhere, the, the supervisors, the management, their job is to manage the risk of your paycheck. At no time should you have the risk of your paycheck be the stock market unless you are okay with massive ups and downs in your paycheck. And we are not because your food, shelter, clothing comes from your job. Your retirement accounts can go up and down. When retirement accounts become more of the way that you live, in other words, losing half of it in retirement can be a big problem. Losing half of it when you're 35 years old is what, 40 bucks? (laughs) I mean, it's not very much, right? Because you're still working, you're building. So keep in mind that as we are getting older and we're hitting 60 years old, 62, 65, as we are hitting those ages and beyond, the risk should not be trusted to a place that doesn't manage risk. That's not their job. All right, clear enough? All right, when we come back, I want to get into a couple other things, including practicing for retirement when it comes to health care and insurance. Because we have a couple of big issues, and one of those in, in today's world is health insurance. So we have a solution, some things to remember as we continue with your place for news, talk, and information. This is the Total Financial Hour. Listen, I want you to go to 888-99-RETIRE. Give us a call if you have a question. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-99-RETIRE. I'm Eric Hallaby. Stay with us as we continue with practicing for retirement on the Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Hallaby. We'll be right back. Learn from Arif Hallaby. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power. Hey, welcome back to the show. Hey, we're talking about practicing for retirement. Let me fix my earpieces here. Uh, Practicing for retirement. You know, you, you practice for a lot of things, right? You went to school for your job for a couple of years, four years, 20 years. I don't know, whatever you did. Some of you worked and you, you worked your way up. And then now you're going to retire for the next, hopefully, 20, 25 years. And none of you practice for it. You don't sit down and say, let me see if it's even going to work. Let me see if I'm even good at it. Some of you will never retire, not because you don't have the, the financial means, but because you don't have anything else to do. You've, cho- you've chosen a life where you're busy about your life, and, and that is... Uh, definitely a a value when you need to produce income, right? You're busy about your career. You're making a difference. You're improving the world. All of that is wonderful, but you can't shut down. You can't slow down, stop, back up, take a break, fish, right? We we say that it's different when you're ready to retire. You're not going to sit on a uh, rocking chair and just wait to die, right? A lot of of the old days was... uh, Grandparents can't go upstairs to your grandma's house. I'm going to go to the store. She's going to watch you. I'm going to the store, right? That's the way it used to be. And your grandma, all she had to do was just keep you from bleeding too much. Make sure you had some sort of food. And you were still alive when, when the parents came back. And they just sent you out front. 
Maybe the backyard, maybe just the streets. Go, come back. How'd the kids behave? <laughs> Man, I saw them for five minutes. I think they're all right. <laughs> they had one shower in four days. Well, that's good. <laughs> right, if you grew up with a grandparent like that, raise your hand, that's us. And, and, and that's a big part of life, right? Today, kids sit in a room. 30-year-old, remember that? 30-year-old trying to get him out of the house. How embarrassing. See, the problem isn't that that occurred. I, I don't think as a society that that, ha- that happened, that that's a problem. The problem is he had no shame. Shame is a very powerful thing. Certainly it's abused. It's overused. I get it. At least it was. Not today. Can never accuse that. But this guy, this man, 30-year-old man, had no shame. Living in his parents' house, they had to sue him. They had to go to court. And he had two pieces of junk cars that he kept in storage where he spent over $10,000. And he spent nothing, near near nothing for his uh, child support. Did you know that? And this old commentary on the millennial. No, no, no. The guy had a child and did not pay child support. Nearly $10,000 spent on storage of two pieces of junk cars. Because one day he might fix them up. Turn down job after job because, you know, Your Honor, I have to see whether or not I can actually imagine myself being there for three years. And these are part-time jobs. These are, these are uh, jo- I just can't see myself living there. And there was no shame. You know, you guys, if you come from an ethnic background, right? My dad's from the Middle East, from Lebanon. Definitely wasn't the same kind of raising of a culture as if you were raised in, you know, Schenectady, New York, with uh, both parents uh, from uh, tracing their ancestrage to the Mayflower. Different lifestyle, right? Ours was much more colorful than the average uh, Michigan farm family, like my mom is from Michigan. But if I was to be like that to my parents, right, you've all heard us say this, I'd have a shoe in places where the sun don't shine, get hit upside the head with whatever was close by. And if you had an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent or a parent that could make a shoe turn a corner when they threw it at you, (laughs) you probably came from an ethnic background. Not saying it's right. Uh, Listen, I get it. Times are changing. It's different. But if you are a retiree, and society hasn't gotten to the point where this man feels like or, or is full of shame and society doesn't shun him and, and correct his behavior, then there is more behind him. And that means the younger people who are supposed to be going to work and putting in in the front end of a pension so you can take out on the back end of your pension or putting in in the front end of Social Security so you could be taking out the back end of Social Security. You see, a social problem like this guy impacts you it will now one guy's a one-off he's a freak that's fine right he's a weirdo call him whatever you want oh it never would happen that's a that's so rare if you have a family where there isn't at least one person that has quote failed to launch i'd be surprised i think the uh the era of excuse, victim, explaining is here. If you want to practice for retirement, 
you better budget maybe even a discount of your pension, meaning, hey, Arif, when I retire, my pension's 4000 a month. I think back it off 20 25%. Can you live on 3000 a month? If you can, then great. Healthcare is going to be a big issue. You've heard me chronicle my uh, healthcare journal, all right? Three years ago, it was about $870 a month. Last year, it was uh, $2,200 or so, $2,100, $2,200 a month. Yeah, I could keep my doctor. You guys remember that? This year, about $3,100 a month in health insurance for my wife and and three children. $3,100 a month. Now, what does a normal person do that that doesn't own a business and have a life financially? We've been blessed. But, but what does a normal guy or gal do? Oops, sorry. I guess I'm a ward of the state like everybody else. Line up for your Obamacare. Right, that's their goal. Their goal was to not make the, the homeless people that go to Medi-Cal uh, uh, shelters or the folks in between jobs or uh, the folks that, that are poor that, that have to go to county hospital. Their job... The politician's job was to make it so that that applied to a much wider swath of people slash voters slash people that want more benefits. When I call it Paul, because remember, you rob Peter to pay Paul. Paul's going to be all right with that. You need more Pauls. More Pauls will vote. And those Peters are bad guys. How do you practice for retirement with health care? You better budget. I had a 350% increase in just a few years. You better budget. What a lot of folks are doing, especially if you're retired, they're going down to Mexico still for their medications. Now make sure there's, there's uh, different types of medications, both in Canada and Mexico, that could be fraudulent, that could be counterfeit. So just make sure you're getting the real thing. Okay, that's important. But go just over the border down to Tijuana or right off of the, the border of Laredo, uh, Mexico. There are entire villages, towns set up with American doctors, Canadian-trained doctors. And guess when they're there? During the wintertime, because they, they're the snowbirds. right? They're probably summer chickens as well, because it gets warm down in the desert, and they leave. But you can go down there about once every month, And you're going to see different doctors rotate through, dentists rotate through, plastic surgeons rotate through. There are a lot of Americans that go there for certain dialysis treatment. They move to border towns and they go over to Mexico for dialysis treatment. It's the same machines, the same doctors. And in many cases, it's uh, everything is in English. Because they know that in the United States, with the regulatory world, they said, we can't afford to do it here. When doctors gave up, right, in the 70s, doctors said, we're willing to take 80% to get a guaranteed payment. The insurance companies came in and said, we'll give you 80 or 90%, but we're going to take the risk. And doctors said, you know what, that's pretty good. They band together, the uh, you know, American Medical Association that uh, communist board of folks that hurt a lot of doctors. And they said, we're going to take the risk. And then a few years later, they said, ah, you know, it's not 90%. It's going to be 85, but we're taking the risk. We're going to make sure you're paid. 
And today, what is it? 30, 35%? You can talk to physicians that were in business in the 70s and they'll tell you that was a pivotal moment. That was the biggest mistake of their life, career-wise, was to accept insurance back then because now they have become virtually slaves. They wait 30, 45, 60 days to get paid. How many of you would do a a service? How many of you will go out, you'll buy a car and say, uh, I'll let you know in 60 days whether or not I'm going to pay you? This isn't a credit card. It's not as if somebody's going to pay you. No, no, gone. Maybe I'll pay you, maybe not. Two months go by and they say, ah, you know what? You didn't fill out the paperwork properly. And oh, by the way, it wasn't authorized. So I know you did the procedure. All the nurses had to be paid, the electric bill, your uh, malpractice insurance, your water bill. Everything had to be paid, but the insurance company says, oh, we're not going to pay. So you tell me where my $3,000 a month and $12,000 per year deductible is going. I don't know. We have clients that are physicians that don't understand. So many of them are leaving practice. At a time when we have a doctor shortage, the more experienced ones are either retiring early or they're getting into the voluntary world of uh, cosmetic surgery or some of the the Botox, dermatology stuff or the stem cell. They're they're leaving. You have insurance, child, uh, that's your problem. Customer, you go get it. We need cash. So as a Medi-Cal person or Medicare, I think you're going to see less doctors accepting it because it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. So just make sure that you have money set aside. You have to practice. How are you going to practice budget-wise? Important. Don't forget to add birthdays, presents, Christmas presents, vacations, and trips. Here's what I see when people are practicing for retirement. Make sure that you add that up and have a separate savings account at a credit union. I like credit unions better than banks. Because one, they have seem to have less turnover. They know you. You're actually a member. They actually care about you. And don't fall victim to this phony nonprofit. Right? Oh, it's a nonprofit. That's a scam. Oh, Arif, what do you mean? Simple enough. It's not a technical scam, but any kind of nonprofit does not mean not paying the, the CEO a lot of money. American Red Cross. What a great service. Yeah, great, great. Yeah, the CEO has at least one, if not two, private jets and makes over a million dollars a year. Oh, sign me up for that nonprofit. So a nonprofit does not mean no benefits, low wages. They shift it. They shift the money from dividends for the shareholders over to salaries and benefits for the upper. Then they hide under this world of nonprofit. And that's where they make the money. Now, listen, there are tons of really good nonprofits out there that are legitimate, that work hard, that don't take absorbent salaries. I get it. But don't think that just because something has a nonprofit title, AARP, that they are not overly involved in manipulating against your will, against your benefits. They do. Right? AMAC, you want a really good uh senior discount group to belong to, learn, AMAC, Association of Mature American. Of course, they don't have as many people as AARP, I understand. But if conservatives and people that are independents and people that have values, consider AMAC. It's not a commercial for them, but I think it's a, it's a pretty good organization. 
Okay, so when I say I want you to practice for retirement, I need you to spend three months planning as if. Meaning, if you're going to use those discount cards or coupons, then use them. If your income is higher now, then save the difference as if it doesn't exist. I know it's coming from different sources, but if you're going to if you're making ten thousand a month and your retirement income is going to be seven, then I want you to live on seven. Take t- three and save it. And in three months, if you have not increased your credit card debt, I don't mean you charge and pay it off, but if you haven't left debt on your credit card, if you're living the lifestyle you want to live, you're not feeling like you have to you know stay in the house. 24 7. If you're able to drive the car the way you want and not say, well, we can't afford gas this weekend, so we're not going for that weekend drive. But if you're able to eat out, live the life that you want to live in entertainment wise, then you can retire. You practice for three months, let a holiday or two come and go. Birthdays, Christmas presents, were you able to do the things that you felt like you needed to do? Grandchildren, visit people. That three-month window should give you a pretty good sense if you can do it. Preparing to retire, practicing for retirement, think about the vehicle. You might say, it's time to buy a new car. I want to buy a new car before I retire. A lot of folks come to us and say that. I want to buy a new car before I retire. No problem. Here's what I want you to do. Think five years from now. Think five years from now. Don't think today. Five years from now, Will your hips still work the way they are? Will your knees still work? So if you're getting a sports car and it's a two-door and you think in five years your mother or or mother-in-law is going to live with you, where are you going to put the walker when you take her to the doctor's appointment? Can she get down into that car? Oh, I want a four-wheel drive. Can she get up into that car? Think about this because part of what I want you to do is to not every year or every other year be spending your retirement money on a depreciating liability, on an asset that goes down in value, right? Cars don't go up in value, folks. They go down. They're nice. We need them. You want them? I get it. But don't spend your retirement dollars that are so hard earned on something that goes down in value unless you can budget for it. Now, you might have two cars. I'm all right with that. You have a, a car that works to carry uh, the wheelchair, the, the walker. Maybe you have a special needs child or a grandchild. Maybe you're going to be the grandparent that picks up the kids from daycare so your daughter can still work. Well, you need a vehicle that can have two or three car seats. Today, you have to be in a car seat, I think, until you're, what, 17 years old or something? You have to be in a car seat for, for so many years when my kids were little. It was like every time our kids were just about out of a car seat, they came out with another rule. Two years, four years, six years, eight years, 20 pounds, 80 pounds. They're like, oh, my gosh. So whatever that rule is, you need to have room for the car seats because they're changing California. All right. What else do we want to do? I want you to consider making adjustments to your home. While you're still working, if you're practicing for retirement, do you think you're going to live in this house? If you are, let's make sure that the faucets, the access to the restrooms, the showers, the kitchen, positioning of the table, maybe you can move. Just because some builder and some uh, 32-year-old architect said this is where your master bedroom should be doesn't mean you can't have a master bedroom downstairs. Make some adjustments. 
just because some 32-year-old architect says, your formal living room is this place that is uh, one step below a shrine, but pretty darn close, and nobody else shall walk or talk or be in there. Doesn't mean you can't turn it into a, a sitting area or a pool table or a television room. Right? So think twice about outside of that box. If this home is going to be your retirement place, make it as if. Because don't forget, many of you that are in your 60s are going to end up taking care of your parents. Usually your mom, right? Statistically, ladies, you get all the goodies. We die in a blaze of glory and you, you get to cash out everything <laughs> until... <laughs> 89 years old. I don't know too many. Go to a nursing home. I don't know too many guys that are uh, that are around there. It's usually one or two guys, and they have four women swooning against trying to get on this dance card. If you don't know what that is, it means you're really young. So good for you. But enough folks will get to a place where they're ready to retire, and they forget that they have stairs. Now, I'm not a fan of those chairs that those chair lift things. They're okay. Aesthetically, they, there are other ways to do it. If you want to get to the age of the 2000s, look at these single and double person elevators. Super simple and actually pretty inexpensive to install. You have to have a place for it, but it looks like a hamster tube. Think of a water bottle in the corner of your house, somewhere where it can go upstairs, right? It has to go all the way up. They put it in the corner. It's clear, so it has a clear bubble, so it's not the claustrophobic effect. It uses either a chain or a pulley system, or it uses a pneumatic, and there's backups and batteries and all sorts of things. Big enough for a wheelchair and usually a caregiver, so one or two people. And it goes straight up. It's great if you're carrying laundry upstairs. It's great if you're moving uh, things upstairs uh, away from from uh, the baby grandchildren or great-grandchildren that are running around grabbing things. So think of an elevator system. Remember, I said, think outside the box. Now, you might say, I'm not going to stay in this house. All right, then don't. You're good. There's plenty of options out there. But just know this, a single-story home is selling for much more per square foot than a two-story home. Simply because there are fewer of them and there's more retirees, there are more seniors, there's more people with hips and knees and backs that don't have a choice. And instead of living downstairs, they want to live on the same floor. So this changes a lot. Here's another thing that I think is pretty important. We call it purpose. Now, I've spoken about this before. But let me give you another example. Sometimes some of you will work in places where the pensions are pretty darn good. And by the time you do the math and you're 60 or 64 years old, you're still young, you're playing tennis, you're healthy, you're, you're young, you're fit. But the pension is pretty darn enticing and you've chosen to leave. Change careers, maybe. Certainly leave the job, capture the pension, get the money, get the pension buyout. We've talked about that. Leaving your money behind is not always a good thing. You got to do the math. Meet with your financial team. Total Financial Solutions, that's me, that's us. Our job is to say, can we get you guaranteed sources of income that can meet or beat in various ways or forms or, or fashion than the retirement that you have? 
For 22 years, that has been our mission. Somebody was so kind the other day. He said, oh, you sounded so young on the, fu- on the radio when I met you in person. I'm, well, well, thank you, I think. Thanks. <laughs> 22 years. To put it this way, I'm uh, past the big 5-0. But what I did learn in the last 22 years, dealing with thousands of clients and, and customers, folks that have come to our office, potential clients, I've learned one thing. When you retire, it is much more about purpose than it is about money. You see, you can downsize your house. You can go to one car instead of two. You can eat at the senior center for $2, right? They have great meals, $2. You can get discounts from AARP or from AMAC. You can do all sorts of things to help reduce spending, even working part-time to increase income. But if you don't have a purpose... If people aren't counting on you to be somewhere, if when you wake up in the morning, you're not going to change anybody's life, and I don't mean to be harsh, but when you wake up in the morning or if you don't, is anybody going to notice? You need a life of purpose, whether that's serving God at, at church, whether that's serving the youth, whether it's serving in your old profession as a as a mentor, your family and friends are going to be busy. That's called life. But if you're going to practice for retirement, I need you to have a hobby, something to do, a second career altogether. Find something where you can enjoy what you do and where people count on you to show up. It doesn't have to be every day, twice a week. That's fine. But I need you to have more of a life than hair appointments, doctor appointments, and bingo. You need to have a life where people count on you. All right? That's important. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. I'd love to have you talk with me. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-99-RETIRE. That's who I am, Arif Hallaby. Total Financial Solutions. Thanks for being with me. Have a wonderful weekend. Total Financial Hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Halaby. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Hour. Now, Arif Halaby. The Total Financial Hour is brought to you by Total Financial Solutions.